What's good, everybody? We back. Uh, the warm up. What to do? Um, we had a lot of things go on since the last time we talked. Um, the playoff, uh, the NBA finals, uh, wrapped up. Are now yeah. over. Yes. Um, finally, um, I'm hurting. We got man. some closure on, you know, who's gonna be or uh, who won, and um, we're gonna get into that. We'll get into kind of some uh sports media things. Um, ESPN's been on fire as the last like two weeks um so we'll get into uh kind of our thoughts on that and then we'll finish up with some baseball but to start off the nba finals um bucks win it uh they won last night in milwaukee they won four straight yes they closed out in six they um they sweeped technically if if that's what we want to call it they sweep they swept the fucking suns i i'll be honest man i thought after the first two games i thought the bucks were done i mean like Giannis didn't have any help. Uh, Chris Paul was no. going off. Um, I, I thought Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, but DeAndre Ayton in this game, man, he looked fucking. Dude, he was the young dumb. guys looked awful. Jay Crowder like, was not fucking there. Ayton, he was afraid to even get in the paint and put up fucking points, bro. It was it was all bad. Yeah, yeah, Giannis. You, you gotta feel bad for the Suns. Looking back, I thought I definitely thought the Suns were going to win this series. But looking back, I I really thought I really should have think this through because if you think about it, the Suns had a bunch of guys. I don't think anyone on the Suns has went to a finals compared to the, to the Bucks. Where Ever. You had a guy like Giannis who was an MVP and Middleton. You had Drew Holiday. Like you had vets everywhere. And I I mean I, I probably should have you have more consideration. You have vets on this. Yeah, it's uh. I mean the the Bucks went in went in there. They they stole a game in Phoenix and they closed it out at home. Huh? I don't, I don't know. But I but I will say that when all said it all is done, I do think that this has been the best finals that we have had in the past couple of years. And I and I'm gonna say why. This this finals wasn't won on super teams, it wasn't on on big ass trades, it was one on guys who were rooted in their team, who had stayed with the team for so long. Devin Booker was or he was drafted to the Suns. Chris Paul went to the Suns to make the team better. DeAndre Ayton was also drafted to the Suns. And then Jay Crowder, obviously, you know. But when you look at the Bucks, Giannis drafted. And then when you look at Jay, uh, Drew Holiday, you know, he's killing it. Chris Middleton, again, not super talented guys that you put on a super team but just talented enough to make a championship team. And I think whoever would have won this series, it's great for the NBA, in my opinion, but I'm still very conflicted with this whole NBA finals. I'm very sad. I'm very, I don't know how to feel, man. I honestly don't know how to feel. I think we got, that's that's the worst part. I would have kind of shift this conversation to like, you know, Chris Paul now has blue. I think, I I think it it was, he has the most blown to a leads uh, from any player who been to the playoffs, I think uh, at least five times. Um, and so Dude, he just can't catch a break. I mean, dang, I mean, I, I don't think this finals really hurts his legacy. Um, but if you look back, I think people are going to say, you know, he, he couldn't get it done. He couldn't get it done with the Rockets. Um, he lost twice to the Warriors when he was up three, two. Um, he couldn't get it yeah. done with the Clippers. He was up on Memphis and Houston two Oh, couldn't get the and San Antonio, I think he couldn't get it done there. Um, and then you know, of course, in New Orleans, he he wasn't able to to get it done. Uh, Giannis, I think, has solidified himself as a top 
in my opinion, a top 30 player in the ever. Um, you look at his resume. He's the only player to win MVP, most improved defensive player of the year, and finals MVP. Like, that's insane. Did you see his – dude, he shot like 60% this series. Yeah. From, from the fucking paint. He shot 60%, dude. That's he, that's crazy, first of all. Here's the thing. and I, I, Like, I, here's the difference between a guy like Giannis and a guy like Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons – is a he will be he will do anything he can to not go to the free throw line or to not shoot jumpers. Giannis is the complete opposite. The guy, yeah, he's a bad free throw shooter, but when it comes down to it, he wants the ball in his hands. He wants to he wants to be in those big moments and he shined last night. I think he went like 15 for 16 at the line or 15 for 18 at the line. Yeah. And um, you know, it he he definitely had one of the best performance performances I've ever seen in the finals, 50 putting up 50 points. Uh, that's no joke. Um, also, the Bucks to get to this point. Correct me if I'm wrong. They had to beat the. Um, they had to beat the Nets, right? They had to beat. So they went through Miami um, in the first round. My, I remember Miami. They went through Brooklyn and yeah. the second round with that. You know, KD and of course they were hurt, but you know, still KD and Harden. Yeah. Um, and then you you go through uh, Atlanta, who was kind of the Cinderella team with all this momentum, who just beat Philly. <sighs> Man, dude, Atlanta. That's it. Yeah. So they, I mean, they really did get it done. Atlanta really fell short. I kind of knew that they were going to fall short. They were a Cinderella team. I hope they make it back next year. But when you look at like the Bucks, you know, like round, they didn't have it easy. They had to play KD. That's never an easy challenge for anyone. You have to play KD. And I'm not going to lie. Like if Kate, if fuck, if Harden was, willing to take the three-point shot at the very end of the game he or even take the two-pointer to fucking tie it, right? Because KD goes up for the three to win the game, but he could have went up for the two-pointer to tie, but he didn't have enough space, and he couldn't get in the paint fast enough. But if he would have given it to Harden, like, so Harden gives it him, and then he's like, I'm burnt. Like, take the, like, take the ball, please. And Harden's like, I'm not going to take it. I'm burnt. Like, I, I don't trust myself. Katie, who's absolutely burnt at this point, goes up for the shot and airballs it. You know, if he would have given it to Harden and Harden would have made that shot, they would have won and they would have eliminated Bucks. So, I mean, the Bucks could... have not had it easy at all. They've had to play tough teams. And this finals win is a true testament to pure strength through the Bucks' organization. Yeah. And that's, fair, that's just how it is. To be fair, the Nets, the Nets were an inch away from uh, being in the NBA finals. They hit the KD hit that buzzer with his foot on the line. It was a two. Um, so yeah, the, the Nets Dude, have to go through his foot was on the line. That sucked, man. It was like, a toe. He, he could have won that game for them. Toe. Like it's crazy. It wasn't, it was his toe. Like his size 17 foot was yeah. over the line. And um, you know, it, it the Bucks for sure are uh, in my opinion, I mean, it, it, they just prove that you don't need a super team to win an NBA Finals. You just got to trust the process. As long as you got a star like Giannis and good a good supporting cast, I think it's a good message for teams like New Orleans or teams like Sacramento where, you know, you're not a big market. Or Atlanta player. or Phoenix. Exactly. You know? I mean, you, you could win finals with as long as you construct your team together. Night. I mean, yeah. you don't have to be Golden State, L.A., the Nets. Like, you don't have to be that. You could be a small market team and still make it. Exactly. Um, so let me let me ask you this real quick. So if it's the Lakers in this situation, and you put the Lakers versus the Bucks, 
do you take the Lakers in six or do you still take the Bucks in six, even though they lose two games in the – let's say the same exact situation. The Los Angeles Lakers go up 2-0 and then the Bucks win one game and then they win the second game and now they're tied 2-2. Who are you – do you really think that this series still goes in the Bucks' I... favor? Do you think that because they played the Suns, who have never been in the NBA Finals before – that's what paved their success. I think I take the Bucks, and I'll tell you what. I think because, well, one, AD, I don't think would have been able to guard Giannis. I think AD is, was hurt this whole playoffs. And, uh, you know, it, I think he's a great player. It's just he was just – if he got all the way to the finals limping on that leg, I don't know if he can guard Giannis. Um, I think the the Bucks pose a far bigger threat to the Lakers just because they could space the floor. You have bigs who can match up with their bigs, and then you have – uh, you could put Middleton, Giannis, and Drew Holiday on LeBron at all times, and that—that's something that uh, yeah bother LeBron. Um, I would still take the Bucks. I'll go seven because I think LeBron is that great that he'll get it to a seven. Um, but I don't think um, I didn't. I think Giannis is on a mission this this uh, this playoffs. He got if you remember he got eliminated in the bubble last year. Got swept in the second round. Yeah, um, to the Heat. They were supposed. They were supposed to be the team to win it last year. Remember yeah. that. Yep, and um, they were the favorite. They were supposed to be the team, and they got swept. And I think that motivated him even more this year. Um, I, one interesting stat I, I knew I saw that his usage rate was way down from the past MVP years that he had, which kind of makes me think like, okay, he probably trusts his teammates a lot more. Did he win league MVP this year? Uh no, he went. He came in third. I think uh, it was Jokic who won this year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Sorry, it was Jokic. I thought it should have been Steph. We we both had our own opinions about it. He but came. Steph came. In I second. was like, I, uh, yeah. Steph sucks. came in second. He came in third. I was like, I can't remember. Did he win this year and then won the finals and then won the MB, so NBA won, finals he MVP? Like I, I honestly don't remember. I think he, so. He won back to back MVP MVPs last year and the year before and then the year two years ago he last won year. MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he is the most, I mean, mm-hmm. if we're looking at the best at players in the NBA now, he is probably, in my opinion, the most dominant. I don't, I wouldn't put him up there yet with KD and LeBron. I would still say those two guys are battling it out for one and two, and then he's coming in third. But if you look at the way the team is constructed, this team is going to be, um, in the Eastern conference finals for the next 10 years, as long as Giannis is there for so, the next, for the next, yeah, as long as easily. Giannis is there, they're going to be. And, and you know, sw- switching to the switching to the West. I mean, let's let's switch to the West real quick. You make a great point when you say the Bucks will be in the West or the Eastern Conference Finals for the at least the next ten years. Where do you think the Suns go from here, man? Like, do you think Chris Paul is done? You think he's going to leave? Like, I, he I loves. Honestly, you remember he has a great relationship with the whole team. He loves DeAndre and he's great friends with Devin Booker. Like, they are super fucking tight. They have the same goal in mind to make things happen. Do you think the Suns come back, or do you think this is just a one and done for them, and they're going to have to wait twenty years, just like they did when they had Steve Nash? You know, I definitely think they will be back. They will be playoff contenders, regardless if Chris Paul is there or not. Um, My only thing is, one, I think Chris Paul is going to leave. I don't. I just don't see them giving him a max at thirty. He'll be thirty-seven next year. I just don't see them giving a four-year max to a guy who'll be thirty-seven. I, I don't think that would be a smart idea. I think Chris Paul has maybe two years left um, at at an elite point guard level. Um, 
we already saw in this series mm-hmm. that uh, guys were, I mean, when you got the switch on Chris Paul, it was over. Like Chris Paul cannot guard. He's not the same defender he used to be. Um, he's definitely not as big as, uh, as other point guards are. So he, they were taking advantage of that. Um, I think the Suns, to be honest, they got a really lucky break with AD being, I thought regardless, I thought they were going to win the Lakers series because I thought um, yeah. they just were out there. I thought they, they were just better it. in my opinion. Yeah, I thought they were better than the Lakers this year, um, showed them the records. But, you know, you go up against a Nuggets team who uh, didn't have Jamal Murray, and Jamal Murray is a huge part of that 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 whole system in Denver. You go up against a Clippers team without Kawhi um, and still got taken to six games against Paul George. So, you know, um, I definitely think they'll be in the mix for who's – for them to come out the West, I'm not going to pick them. I, I would definitely lean more towards Denver, L, the two LA teams, and Golden State next year. Um, so but, say Chris Paul leaves, who are you going to look to replace Chris Paul? Oh, it, it, I it, mean, it, we are in the 2021 free agency now. Who do you think you're going to put in that position to try to I fill think it has spot? to be campaign. Um, really? He, was, I, I de- he has been under Chris Paul for a year. You could see – he has improved drastically from where he was at OK in OKC with Russ mm-hmm. to now. Um, there were times in this finals where I thought campaign should have been in there instead of Chris Paul. Like there were, there were. T- I mean, he I, did score ten points, you know, and he only paid ten minutes, so that's a point per minute technically. That is very good. I mean, that that is a very good, and very he has and he had two rebounds. He is so that is efficient for ten minutes. He is. Uh, I, there were so many times I thought Monty Williams should have played Cam Payne and Chris Paul at the same time, but Cameron Payne, you know, he is. I think I don't. Th- he's ready to be the starting point guard of the Suns. I, I don't think he elevates them as much as Chris Paul does. But can he step into that role and give them thirty minutes of good point guard play? Yeah, I think he can. Um, See, and I, I do, th- I do agree with you to an extent. I think that that would be a good. You know, I think that'd be a good option. I'm not going to sit here and say that campaign isn't ready to be the number one if Chris Paul leaves, but I think we need to look more towards free agency if I'm the Suns. And I think one guy who could really help Devin Booker, dude, free agency, you got to go for Conley. He's he's gonna his he's he's not a restricted free agent. He will be a free agent come next season, come this off season really, and he would be a great fit for the Phoenix Suns. I think Conley should be someone that we look into now. I mean, he averages almost 17 points a game, yeah. you know, and he plays for Utah. So you put him and replace with Devin Booker. I think that could be good chemistry. I think they'd be able to play well with each other. And then when you have a campaign uh, come off the bench, you know, when you have to take out either Devin or Chris at that point, you'd be, you'd be all good. I definitely agree with you. I think I got another guy I'll throw in there is Kyle Lowry. I think he's a guy. Oh yeah, Kyle Lowry. Some, some play in him left. Uh, well, I mean, he won the championship guard. with um, the Raptors. Yeah, he, he a, played amazing. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He's a guy who doesn't need to shoot all the time, which Still is don't like very Kyle good Lowry though, because Devin Booker and Mikel Bridges and DeAndre eight they need got they need guys yeah. in the ball. That 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 works. I think um you know. I think that could work. Um, now they could sign and trade Chris Paul, so they could sign him to the max. And if whoever wants to sign him to the max, they could they could trade him. So they could trade him. Yeah, the Lakers could be in the mix for Chris Paul. I could see the Knicks being in the mix for Chris Paul. Um, there's a lot of teams who I think uh, that that would be. I even think to a certain extent Milwaukee would be interested if Chris Paul is there. Um, you know, 
I definitely think I think I think that's a very value um like a very like valuable piece to their puzzle. I don't think they'll do it, but if they had the opportunity to, I don't see why they couldn't. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of teams who are out there. Um Denver also comes to mind with Jamal Murray being out, they could offer they have some really nice young pieces they can offer. Um so if the Nets or the Suns want to go that that route, they could get something in return uh, for sure. I'm going to say even, man, the Heat. Miami I think the Heat could now. really use Chris Paul in their situation right now. The I mean, thing with Butler, the Heat, though, can't do it by himself. They, they would need to trade a point guard back. Um, and I don't know. Mm, that's true. Miami's situation at point guard is a little iffy with Goran. I know they have Goran. They have. Uh, if you want to call Victor Oladipo point guard, I don't think he would fit the Suns, to be honest. Uh, well, they're not going to give up Oladipo. That, that's a, and same with Bam. Like, yeah. You, know, you can't give up somebody else who isn't a point guard, so they're not going to give up Oladipo or even Bam Adebayo. Like, that's not they gonna... would have to give up something like uh, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. But then if you think about the Suns, that's not something they need. Uh, they have but also if you get rid of those two people, like those are two instrumental people in, into your system. I mean, granted – when you talk about Tyler Hero bubble compared to Tyler Hero now, like he's not the same player. I just think what well, he was in his he was in his very first season with yeah. the Heat, right? Yeah. And typically players have a very good first season and they tend to struggle in their second season and then they come back for a good junior season and they're able to ball out. I think his ceiling is not as high as what a lot of people thought. I think a lot of people when he was in the bubble thought, oh, this is like Luka do- a, a notch below Luka. And I don't think he's that. I think he's more Lou Williams, um, you know, microwave guy. You're like off, Reggie Miller. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like a guy who could come off your bench and give you 20 points, uh, 15 to 20 points, could get hot, score maybe eight straight in a game and come back. Like, he's that guy. He's not – I don't think he, he'll be um, – he could be a fringe all-star in, in a given year. A lot of things would have to go his way. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I think his ceiling is pretty low in terms of uh, his – potential but i do think um a team that is definitely going to be in the mix are the lakers i mean let's be honest chris paul and lebron are best friends um the the lakers could give phoenix dennis schroeder um they could give them kyle kuzma they can give them montrez harrell andre Drummond. there's a lot of like pieces they could give um the suns to retool and then they could create their own kind of big three in la but again you know um it's whatever it's what Chris Paul wants, and I I wouldn't see there. I would I also don't see any reason for him to leave. This is the first time he's been to a finals with this team. I'm sure he likes playing with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, I could see him staying as well. So. I hope he stays at least for one more year. Try to squeeze it out. If you don't do it next year, count your losses, and move on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but kind of moving off from the finals. Uh, also, just lastly, congrats to Giannis, and you know we'll we'll definitely see him again. But I'm still conflicted, man. I. I love Giannis and I, I'm a big Bucks like supporter because I wanted the Bucks to win it, you know, the year before. I'm always gonna be a Golden State Warriors fan until I die, right? But I love supporting other players of the yeah. league and I love su- supporting other teams that I really think have potential. And you know, the Suns, man, the Suns and the fuck and oh my god, man, the Hawks, like two teams that I really wanted to battle it out this finals and do what they needed to do. Like I was there for it. I was all there for it. Yes. Yeah. It was, you know, to have the Suns lose the way that they did and then to have the Bucks win, like I'm still very conflicted because I'm a big supporter of both teams because I know their potential and talent and it it just hurts, man. Like 
it just hurts. It hurts. Um, and hopefully the Suns could get back and retool. But uh, kind of moving on to something that we're uh, it's a little of, bit more serious. Yeah, it's a little bit more serious conversation. Um, we're both uh, expiring to be in the media. We're both college journalists. So uh, a big thing that happened in the journalism world uh, these past three weeks, uh, ESPN has been really falling apart. ESPN is the kind of the gold standard of it was of like sports standard. journalism. Yeah, that is the you know, that it's the Mecca of sports. It's where everything goes I down. Feel like with the new journalism. Mecca and the new gold standard has become the athletic in the upcoming years. Yeah, uh, we'll get into that. But like, yeah, uh, one thing. So we'll explain kind of the situation. So. A lot of ESPN employees have been leaving. Um, Ariel Hawani uh, was kind of the first domino to fall. He left uh, early June. And it was really surprising because uh, we're both fight fans. Ariel Hawani is mm-hmm. literally Stephen A. Smith of MMA. Of MMA. And to see him leave was, I thought this was like, okay, this there's something going on here. Um, and then we see, uh, you know, the Rachel Nichols incident that was reported in the New York Times. Rachel Nichols was uh, caught on a hot mic saying that uh maria taylor another a black journalist was given opportunities that she wasn't because of race um and then she had said some pretty disparaging things about um black lives matter and uh, lives uh, the me too yeah. movement um and then just last week Stephen a smith uh gets on air and says that you know Shohei otani is um hurting baseball because he has a translator because he's a translator yeah a big amount of you know backlash um so he also said some pretty bad things about nigeria um when nigeria lost or won against the usa oh, one against the usa team he was uh like making fun of their last names and whatnot um and so a lot of people have been getting on him espn's ratings are down like really like a lot um, do we know the percentage i'm just curious i don't know the percentage off the top uh, i could look that up but um espn's ratings have been down oh i mean they've been down for a while um ever since i believe 2016 they've been down um so at their peak uh, i mean just to take this from context uh their their highest at one point was they were averaging 2.3 million people watching uh in a week in a total week uh as of today that number is at 428,000. so just two years ago uh two three years ago they were the Mecca. They were, you know, they were the gold standard of journalism. They were, uh, everybody was tuning into Sports Center and whatnot. And now I think we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of things with ESPN. Um, I think we're, I think it's starting to show that they're not journalism anymore, if I'm being honest. I mean, they, I th- it becomes more about entertainment at this point. Yes, yes. And becoming, a big star. I mean, Stephen A. Smith, he signed an $8 million contract not too long ago. Was that, what was that like a year ago? Yes. Yeah. He signed a, let me look it up real quick. Stephen A's contract ESPN. Like it was a big ass contract. Like Very no cap. Contract. Yes. Um, hold up. I remember it being like for oh pays him 12 million for so Stephen a smith's contract is 12 million per year or per year and it's um it's a five year so he'll make 60 million by the end of 2022 i think because he signed in 2019 
Yeah, yeah. So he he's making a lot of money. First take, the rating's been down. Another guy who's been out at ESPN, Kenny Maine, who hosts ES Sports. He's like he's been hosting Sports Center since the early two thousand. Hella long. He leaves us. He cites that um, he wasn't given the creative opportunities, and um, his I, I honestly think it's the same for Ariel Hawani too, but. It, you said it was a it was a mutual split, but I, I don't believe that. He went on Dan Lebitard uh, the other day, and he was talking about some of the things that they. It was really disgusting what happened. So, uh, as everyone knows, Ariel Hawani and Dana White they don't like each other. No. Uh, more so, Dana doesn't like Ariel. Yeah. Um, it, to this day, I don't understand why he. I thought I think every time Dana criticizes Ariel, it's always because Ariel's doing real journalism, which doesn't make any sense to me. He's doing shit that Dana wishes he could do. Like, let's be real here. And so he he goes into, you know, the ESPN never gave, uh, you know, Ariel, Ariel Hawani shows plugs on, on the broadcast. Um, and then on Sunday or two weeks ago when Conor Murder fought, they gave uh, the new MMA show a plug right off the bat. Right as he leaves, he talks about how he had to, every time Dana White was stepped in a room with him, he had to be escorted out because Dana didn't want him in his sight. I mean, it was just really terrible things that they had to go through. And to be honest, Ariel is the best MMA journalist like in the world. I don't. Brett Okamoto is great. A lot of those. Mark Ramundi is great. But you want to talk about some of the best, most versatile guys? He was doing NBA, MLB. He was he was very versatile. And I I don't know. I just I feel like ESPN has been really dropping the ball on some of these things. Um, they have definitely, like you said, become. Yeah mostly an entertainment business um i think what happens when you know you get into bed with the ufc you get into bed with the nfl and the nba you're gonna have stories that make them look good because you want your ratings to look good right so if yeah you have nba countdown on monday or nba an nba game that you're uh, showing on monday and then a ufc event on saturday and an nfl event on monday you're gonna you know put people on that are gonna hype up those events and sometimes they don't we've talked about this for so long how many times have they brought up the lawsuit the ufc lawsuit how many times espn brought up that lawsuit they don't think they have i really know i i've never seen it like this is i've never i've never actually even seen it written in their articles they've never written anything about their loss the law the uf like this is just the ufc they've never written anything about the lawsuit i hope you know that like us talking about this right now just ruins any chances we have of being signed at espn ever (laughs) oh my god i mean espn might not be a thing in two years bro like this is uh yeah that's a good point i mean you you do bring a good point they're yes they are the biggest um sports company in the world and i think uh you know they they do a good job of putting on events but let's be real they're not journalists Stephen, I've I've stopped believing Stephen A. Smith is a journalist. I've st- they have a few journalists. I stopped believing that fucking Shannon Sharp is a journalist. <laughs> Those like they, if you look at what they've, okay, early 2010s, right? You had people like Jamel Hill. You yeah. Had, you know all these. You know you had par- pardon uh pardon the interruption with Michael Wilbon. That like those are real journalists. They've gotten to a point where all they've hired are former players. And what do yeah. former players talk about? They just talk about from the player perspective of everything and i'm gonna i'm gonna say the hottest take you're probably gonna ever hear and it's probably not even unpopular shannon sharp is the worst the absolute fucking worst dude like uh, if we're just talking about entertainers who want to be journalists like shannon sharp is a whole different type of fucking garbage like journalist and i'm sorry like that may be so unpopular to say 
it's, but it, yeah, it it is atrocious to hear him talk sometimes, and to hear wrong. him have an opinion on something that he doesn't even do research about. He just gets handed these papers in the morning. He thinks what he wants to think, and he says it out in the air. Yeah, and and that's a, and that's a fact. Don't get me wrong; like there is definitely a space for former players to comment. A hundred percent. There's definitely former space for it, but like to ha- to saturate it so much, like Tony where- Romo. Exactly. Yeah, I believe in Tony Romo. There's there's a space for it, but when you when you talk about like journalism and reporting news and giving fat opinions and things like that, these former the the industry is so saturated with former players, right? You have Kendrick. Like I was watching ESPN this morning. You had Kendrick Perkins on there. Uh, you had Jalen Rose, and not to say they don't give great opinions, but when you have just player perspective, everything is just from a player's perspective it's kind of hard to challenge uh, the school of thought that you're even doing. Yeah. It's really hard to challenge real issues with um, like, like things like CTE. I remember when ESPN wouldn't run anything on CTE. They wouldn't want to talk about it. Remember I don't uh, CBS or uh, Bob Costas got on air and talked about CTE and then they banned them from talking at the Super Bowl. Like these are things that I, because remember that was, uh, that was around the time when, Antonio Brown's CTE thing was like coming out. Exactly. And it's, it, it's, it's a huge problem. And like when you're, you know, in business with professional sports leagues, you're not going to want to talk about that because no. it's, a, it's, no one's going to want to watch. So this is why shout out to Marcus Thompson at the athletic, you know, professor Thompson, this is why the athletic and, and like places like SB nation and uh, you know, all these smaller companies, bleacher report, even Ble- that, do bleacher report. Yeah. That even these, they are going to be over time. Yeah. These, these people are going to be more influential. I think than ESPN in 10 to 20 years, because they have no bias. Um, they, they are literally there to observe and report on like things that actually matter. And uh, ESPN is in the business of putting on events. So, you know, real, I think at some point people are going to get really disgusted with this. It's already happening that people are like, not going to, they're going to stop watching the ESPNs and the Fox news, the Fox sports of the worlds. And they're going to turn to, you know, real journal, like real local. Yeah. journalists. Who, that's why I love the athletic. Cause it's all local guys. It's everybody who was, in, you know, in their area and they, they really grinded it out. They didn't have to, you know, have hot takes to come back to be on TV and stuff. So I do agree. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, we see more of that uh, in the in the future, and but I but I think now this kind of opens up the eyes for any um, if we're being honest with ourselves, this opens up the eyes for journalists who, you know, like you and I, who are big on sports and people who want to talk about sports on air, people who want to you know write about sports yeah. like uh, Thompson does. When you look at a company that you want to rep and you want to support and you want to work for, like. I, I don't really know if I have the authority to even tell this story, but Thompson tells it all the time, you know, how when he was working for, you know, I, I, I don't know if he was working for the athletic yet and I don't want to butcher anything, but I just remember him saying how he was writing stuff about the Warriors and he had mass attention for the Warriors. Right. And ESPN only wanted him for his Warriors stuff and only wanted his Warriors things, but they would never hit him up about anything else. Right. Yeah. Like, that's disrespectful in my opinion. And I think he also thought it might've been disrespectful as well. I don't know. I can't speak for him and I won't speak for him in any way, shape or form. Let me make that known. But this was a very real story that he was telling us in class. I don't, 
you've heard it plenty of times, I'm sure. Yeah, you know. You know. It's, and he would always tell us, like, I'm never going to do anything for them because they only want me when they need me, not when I want to be there type stuff. Exactly. And so I think when you're a local journalist looking for a place of work and a place of employment, you want to work for a place that is going to support you that will, you know, is is an image to what you want to do, the sports that you're writing about or talking about or anything like that. You want to be able to pick a company that you truly believe in that isn't just about entertainment, but is also about the sport itself and bringing good light and also being able to talk about the impacts and doing real journalism work. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I, I, you know, you bring up a good point of like, you know, ES, these companies, big companies, ESPNs and the, uh, the, the Fox sports of the world. Look, they, they have so much power that they could cycle through a, a Maria Taylor. They could cycle through a Kenny Mayne, a Ariel Hawani, because they could just prop up the next guy. Right. They could just, yeah, they could, they could just come up the next guy for sure. So, I think I saw something on Twitter that was really profound. It said uh, Fox Sports and ESPN are like the CNN and Fox News of like TV, like they're from the sports world. Like they, they, they're in the business of entertainment. And yes, you have the Adam. You, of course, you have like Agent Wojnarowski and uh, Adam Schefter, uh, Brett Okamoto, who are gonna provide breaking news and real like journalism. But overall, most of their most of the people that work at ESPN are former players their personalities um they are former journalists who are now just kind of you know in this opinion role but not really reporting on news or or doing anything of, of that nature one thing i will bring up kenny main declined a 60 percent pay cut not not 50 not 50 60 percent pay cut they, they asked him to take a 60 percent pay cut i think with ariel they asked him to take the same exact amount of money he took when he first started, which is, if you know, if anyone knows anything about journalism, that's terrible. Like to make the same amount of money after three years is pretty bad, especially if you're a guy like Errol Hawani who literally brought MMA to ESPN. Like that's let's be real. Like he, no one gave a fuck about MMA uh, on ESPN until they got Ariel. Until Ariel. Hawani. Until he had Ariel in DC. Until he had uh, Ch- uh, Chael in Ariel versus Chael on ESPN. No one gave a fuck. I don't know if you saw the uh, the new MMA show called uh, I think it's RC DC and RC or something 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 like Ryan that. Ryan yeah. Clark and Daniel Cormier. It had like one thousand likes and two point five or two thousand five hundred uh, dislikes. In its first episode just shows you that no one's trying to watch this shit. Yeah, no one gives a fuck. Um, but let's kind of transition now out to uh, baseball for our last topic today. Um, the, the standings have been pretty um been, been pretty solid since the last time we talked. It's basically been the same team at the top, same team at the bottom. Um, yeah. What are kind of your biggest storylines for uh, this this these past weeks? Um, a couple of things that I've been noticing, and this, this is just an analyzation of watching baseball over the you know upcoming weeks. Jacob Degrom, um, absolutely fucking baller. He's killing it he finally went up to a 1.0 era after being at like 0.76 for the longest fucking time or 0.65 whatever it was that when i was watching like maybe a month ago he's a absolute killer but to for the mlb right now what i've been watching is after all-star break how some of these teams have improved themselves how some of these teams are coming back to try to you know end the season a lot stronger 
I I'm gonna point out one team in specific. You know, the Dodgers. Even before All Star break, they were coming up hot, but even now, they're still doing everything they can to be the number one spot in the division of San Francisco. Like they lost today. You know, don't don't get it twisted. They did lose today, but they are trying so hard, right? to get something going to win games, to put themselves into better playoff, you know, contention and not have to fight for a wild card spot behind, you know, the Padres. I will say the Padres have taken a little bit of a dip. They are now 56 and 42 and they're about 6 games behind uh, for the number 1 spot overall, but the Padres really do need to make significant work to get to the spot where they want to be because now they're behind the Dodgers and they don't want to be behind the Dodgers. They want to be in front of the Dodgers. I ideally they want to be in front of the Dodgers to get a better playoff spot. The giants are going to stay at number one. I don't see that changing. I'm thoroughly surprised by the San Francisco giants. Like absolutely surprised. They knocked my soft socks uh, this year. My red Sox. I thought we were rebuilding. I don't know what the fuck happened. Kiki Hernandez has been popping off like a motherfucker. J.D. Martinez was out in the A series that I saw him play or that I was supposed to see him play, and he was out. But, you know, teams that are really shaping up the Mets, the Mariners, the fucking Mariners, bro. Yeah, Mariners have been on a roll lately. And I understand that the Yankees do have a better record technically and than the Mets, or sorry, not the Mets, the Mariners, mind you, but... I still don't see much improvement from the Yankees. I don't think Garrett Cole is helping them. I don't even think Chapman's going to be that big of a help. Like, I'm sorry. That's just me. Um, they have won four straight, but I don't think the streak after the All-Star break is really going to continue at all. Um, things to keep looking for uh, as we keep going throughout the season, definitely keep your eye out for the Angels, man. Uh, they're definitely out at this point. I, I'm going to make that very clear. I, I definitely think they're out. There's no way that they make a playoff run at all. But what they're doing with their team has been outstanding. What, Sho- what Shohei Otani has been able to do, absolutely outstanding. You know, I'm not going to sit here and act like I didn't just watch a fucking place pitcher also be a designated hitter. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and watch him hit bombs and then pitch – a shutout first inning. Like, I'm not going to act like I, I didn't just fucking see that happen. That's crazy. You know, the MLB has evolved so much as this season has gone on. And I, I, dude, I'm, I'm, I don't even know what playoffs are going to look like. I obviously know some of the top teams are still going to be there, but in the Eastern, you know, American league, watch out for the Rays. That's going to be that's going to be given, even though they don't have Blake Snell anymore. They still have a great pitching core and are able to get games done defensively. And they're only a game behind the Red Sox, mind you. So if the Red Sox do go on a five game losing streak, win three of the games in their 10, you know, say in like the next 10. So that's eight. And then, okay, say they lose two more. So now there's um, so now there's seven and three technically. That puts the Rays in a very good spot for another number one spot, at least in this part. And you're talking the next 10-game span, you know. Yeah. That's a big what-if. It probably won't happen, but that's a big what-if. Um, when you look at the West division, the Oakland A's, the Seattle Mariners, 
and the Houston Astros. Like, I know everyone hates the Houston Astros, but there is no way that you can deny that the Houston Astros are making good work with 58 wins and only 39 losses. And when you look at their fucking roster and their 40 man right now, like, I'm sorry. It is a deep team. Like when you have a Brayo pitching, what are you what are you gonna fucking do, right? And then I mean, as always, you always have Carrera, Altuve, you know, and they're playing great. You can't sit here and act like they're not playing great baseball. You know, that's the thing. What I am worried about for some of these other teams is like I'm not gonna sit here and lie and act like I know everything about the Seattle Mariners. They're in third place right now, kind of like the Padres are. But the Seattle Mariners, right? If they really want to get in that number two spot, they have to be able to they have to be able they're six games behind, right? For the number one spot, but they're only three games behind from the A's. So they really have to win, if you think about it, the next six, hope the A's lose the next four, and then be able to put themselves in a better spot. Yes. That's that's a very realistic out view. Um, I mean that's pretty much it for me. The National League standings stand pretty much the same. The New York Mets is all because of Jacob Degrom. Like that, I'm sorry, their hitting is great, but Degrom puts them in such a great position to win, and he can pitch eight, seven, eight innings without being injured. I know he's dealing with the, I think it's a shoulder injury right now, or maybe it's an elbow injury. But even before that, he was still kicking ass. Like, you can't deny that. You know, you yeah. can't deny that. Uh, um, I mean, that's that's just the fact of the reality, man. The Giants, the Dodgers, the Padres. I want to see the Padres beat out the Dodgers right now. I want them to win and be in the position number two. I want Tatis to go to the, to the um, you know, I want Tatis to go to the playoffs. I think you Darvish is a great pitcher. He could really take him somewhere, even though when I saw you Darvish pitch, he wasn't playing all that great, but they have a good pitching court. You Darvish, Blake Snell. They also have the other, I was kind of forgetting his name, but he's the other Asian pitcher on that team. Uh, but they also have Joe Mosgrove. And when you look at, you know, their infield, it's Drake Cronesworth, Eric Hosmer, um, Manny Machado, and you have Fernando Tatis. Like, you can't sit here and act like these guys haven't been playing great all year long, man. Yeah. Like, Manny Machado has been playing f- phenomenally. Am I going to sit here and act like he hasn't? Absolutely fucking not. Because he's been playing absolutely amazing. Um, this team is championship caliber team. Do they get it done and, you know, in the playoffs and beat they're going to have to play the Giants. Let's be real here. They're going to have to play the Giants if they don't play, if they don't, or if they do beat out the Dodgers. That's just a realistic outlook, right? Yeah. So looking at it this way, do I think they beat out the Giants? And that's a tough thing. I don't really know because when you look at the Giants roster, that's um, that's Johnny Cueto, uh, Descafani. I don't really know how to say his name, but Kevin Gaysom. You also have Jose Alvarez, who I know hasn't really pitched that much, but again, still a good pitcher entirely. Um, they have Wilmer Flores. Um, I know Brandon Belt is out right now because he got injured, but you know, by the time Brandon Belt comes back, Brandon Belt will be on the depth chart for the starting roster. And then when you look at their outfield, again, they're able to get it done with the bats and they're able to get it done with the defense. 
there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to win the championship this year. There's no reason why they shouldn't be able to win a World Series. Like that that's that's just that's just the fact of the reality. Another big storyline right now is the trade trade deadline. Um, we have a lot of guys who are going to be uh, up for grabs. A lot of teams, yeah. So a big name right now is going to be Joey Gallo. Um, yeah, I saw that Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo is uh, he's been playing pretty well for a bad team in Texas. Um, he's uh, you know a good bat, a pretty good outfielder. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that you know could could end up in a lot of places. Uh, San Diego for a lot of contenders. San Diego would be probably in the mix. Probably, I, I yeah. Dodgers being the mix, I could see um, a, a lot of guys could be in the mix, or a lot of teams could be in the mix for that. Um, I mean, when you talk about people who are in the hot seat for the trade line or for the trade deadline, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo are also in the trade deadline. Josh Donaldson. Um, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say, yeah, the Cubs. Zach, Zach Davies too, bro. The Cubs are going to be a fire sale uh, with how bad their team has been. They're just trying to get rid of people. But Chris Bryant, like, he needs to get out of there. The Cubs isn't for him. He's a great fucking player, and he just he needs to leave, man. Like, I love Chris Bryant. He's a great player. Oh, Chris Chris Bryant will be heading out. Uh, a guy like uh, Javier Baez could be on the way. Uh, who, yeah. Uh, defensive help. He's still a pretty good defensive player. Anthony Rizzo, a first baseman with a pretty good bat. Also, could that yo? If the Giants, if the Giants got, uh, I mean, say Brandon Belt is just kind of out, his injury, you know, say Brandon Belt just stays out. All right. When you look at the Giants' first baseman, right? I don't really think that this, this is just me. I don't think. Um, uh, I really don't think Darian Ruff is their guy. I never really liked him to begin with. He doesn't hit great, but he does feel great. And I'm not going to sit here and say that he's not. But if they did go out on the Cubs fire cell, I think Anthony Rizzo is a very reasonable pickup. There's there's a bunch of guys. Uh, I'll, Dude, I'll... Like, that's a very reasonable pickup. Like, am I going to sit here and say that he's not? I mean, he's hit 11 home runs this year. Okay, that's not great. But he still has a 2.4, uh, a 0.242 ER, um you know, batting average. Like, is that bad? No. I don't know why I said you're right, but batting average, you know? Uh, you also got guys like, um, you know, at, at second base, Adam Frazier for the Pirates is uh, a guy yeah. that we talked about a lot. Um, he could be definitely on the way. Dude, whatever happened to McCutcheon? You're right. He was playing for the Giants a couple years ago. What happened Play for the Nationals now, right? You push it, you push it in the Nats? Uh, is he on the hot seat? I think uh, last time I remember he was playing. Or no, Phillies, right? Not Nats, Phillies. Yeah, he's on. He's on the Phillies. Dude, I remember when Cutchin came to the fucking Giants. I was so excited. He was a dog for a little bit, and then he. Dude, he was a dog, and then we traded him. Uh, yeah, you like you said, Donaldson, uh, Kyle Seager is another guy in Seattle. Seattle I'm, might. Be- I'm not even gonna lie to you, dude. I would, I would a hundred percent take. Um, I would a hundred percent take fucking Donaldson. I've no. always been a Donaldson stand, even though he, he does play like shit now that he's on the Twins. Still, big Donaldson like fanboy. There's a bunch of like these losing teams are gonna get rid of a lot of guys. I mean, Starling Marte for the Marlins. Of course, we talked about Gallo. Yeah, he puts on the field. Buxton, uh, for the Twins, he's another guy I think could be on on the way out. Yeah, Uh, Charlie Blackman, who uh, you know, he he's in the final year of a seventy-seven million dollar contract. He could be on the way out for sure. Um, Nelson Cruz. Um, the, Dude, the, what do I got to do to get paid $77 million? Fuck. I to know, be on a right? losing team. 
Jorge, uh, Jose Barrios. Um, yeah. He's that's another guy one. that's been talked about a lot. Um, there's a lot of relief pitchers too. Craig Kimbrell, isn't that Taylor Ron? Yeah, Craig Kimbrell. Um, I saw that one. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of guys who are going to be in the mix here, at the deadline. Come here, bud. Can you lift? Um, but yeah, I mean, you good there? Yeah, sorry. My dad just came to bother me while we're uh, recording. <laughs> I swear I'm listening. I'm probably <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, but yeah, you know, th- th- there's just a bunch of uh, of good teams out there that's they're gonna be hot at the deadline. I'm sure you know our team Boston's gonna be in the in the mix, uh, especially with you know how they're looking. Um, they do need an upgrade at first base. Um, Anthony Rizzo would be a, definitely a trade target, but. <laughs> Oh yeah, we got we got uh, the chief of East Bay chief, right here, bro. Yeah. The house out here in the flesh. Oh, out here in the flesh. Yeah. Craig Kimbrell. I mean, they they could that guy could be that. in in Boston. Yeah, I, I think. Craig, I hope he is, bro. Send that send that send that man on the way, please. How old is he? I feel like he's hella old. I don't think he's that old, Omi. I think I think I think I think I think I'm thinking about somebody else, but thirty three. What do you play for? Yeah, he plays for Atlanta. He plays for St. Padre. Yeah, well, he plays for the Cubs right now. Yeah, he dude, he, for dude, people make fun of him for this. It's the funniest thing. I, I think it's so fucking cool. When he when he pitches, he like does the crow. The oh, little, yeah. <laughs> people make fun of that shit, but I think it's the coolest thing ever. That's crazy. No, yeah, send, I think... Send him. Send him over here, man. He could come back. I, I definitely think he'd come back. He'd be uh, pretty good. Uh, I'm not even going to lie to you. As a Red Sox fan, I don't understand why we were winning. Like, I know that sounds really bad. I definitely think it's a little bit of overachieving. I think this team has overachieved so much. Xander Bogarts and JD. Xander Bogarts. Well, I mean, he he's a fucking um I mean he was an all-star for a reason, but Xander Bogarts, uh when you look at Danny Santana and um fucking Kiki, right? Kiki Hernandez. Yeah. Dude is a baller. Yeah. You I was at the A's game, mind you, when I don't know how many people know this, right? But I was at the A's game the very first night of the series when we won. But dude, winning the extra innings, that shit had me on my edge of my seat. I was like, can we please just win this game, right? But what happens is that it's for some reason, I don't remember what happened, but they put the runner back on second. I really don't remember how, what what the situation was, why it happened. Um, but we put the uh but the A's put the runner back on second. And we have two outs at this, or we have one out at this point, right? Yeah. And Tony Kemp, I'm pretty sure, just hits a fucking bomb down in center field. And Kiki just catches it. Like, dude, this is the greatest throw ever. Catches it and fucking launches that shit. Dude, he slings it. Like, Was this the July 4th weekend uh, series? Yes. Dude, it's July 2nd. He gunslings it, like, shouldered everything. Perfect throw down and the cat, <coughs> I don't remember who our catcher was at the time, but just perfectly caught it and tagged, tagged whoever was coming, bro. It was clean. That was the cleanest play I've ever seen. Yeah, no, they they've been really, yeah, that they they've been really uh before like that July Fourth series was really good. I think they they won it two one. We, we won two one. Yeah, I was so we, did, we won the series entirely, but it it was two one. So it, I was at the July Fourth game, and yeah, they were. Pavetta was was pitching nice. I mean, they had a good they had a good little series. I I honestly forgot who pitched. Um, 
I, I'm going to be honest, dude. I, I totally forgot who fucking pitched the night, but he was kind of trash. I'm not even going to lie to you. I forgot who it was. Nah. His ER, dude, his ERA was like fucking six something. I'm not going to lie to you. They've been, you know. He he was really bad. <laughs> yeah, that this this MLB season has been really interesting to watch. Just, I think everybody with, I think Shohei Otani's made it really interesting. Guys like Tatis mm-hmm. and uh, Vlad Guerrero. Vlad Guerrero goes really under the radar. Uh, when dude, you talk about Vlad Tatis, Guerrero, I want his jersey so bad. Like, yeah. Yeah. For for all of our listeners that don't know, I'm on a hunt to buy every jersey from the MLB, but like my favorite player and like Vlad Guerrero, besides Josh Donaldson, has been one of my favorite Toronto players in like the past couple of years. Um, but they don't make the jersey that I want in my size, so that sucks because it's like they only make it in kids sizes. Apparently, it's like throwback um, blue jersey. Jersey is fire, but anyways. Yeah, they. Uh, he's been kind of under the radar. I mean, we talk about Tatis and Otani. Mookie Betts, a lot, a lot of these guys. Um, Fuck was pitching, uh, I mean, bro. Black Guerrero is literally under Trash. the radar. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I want to, before we go, I'd like to bring up that I think the mecca of baseball right now is Southern California. Uh, mm-hmm. You got the Dodgers, the Angels, and the Padres. And that's like, you know, that's three marquee markets right now. Like, um, you know. Oh, by the way, style. it was Eduardo Rodriguez who was pitching for us. Ah, okay. Yeah, Dude yeah. was so trash. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Down here. But, yeah. you know, like, yeah, like, you know, have, you know, Tatis and Machado in San Diego. You have, you know, that whole team in L.A. with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole team is good. And then you got yeah. Tani and Mike Trout in Anaheim. So, you know, SoCal is being, you know, that's the that's kind of the – I mean, you you can even say California. I mean, with the, the Giants being this good and the A's being pretty solid every year and year out. I mean, California uh-huh. is really good in baseball so far. So, uh yeah. Any any last thoughts on the the this this uh kind of this update on this season? Nah, man, I'm I'm just I'm just happy to watch it. I, yeah. I'm so excited. Like MLB has just become a whole different sport this year. Yep. And I, I yeah, man, I'm I'm just loving it. I'm loving every single minute of it. And you know, for everyone who knows me personally, like my two sports growing up were always football and baseball. But like baseball was a sport I thought I was significantly better at, so I always took more attention to it. So like baseball holds a special place in my heart, and it has been it's been down on slick for a couple of years now. Like I'm not even gonna lie, like baseball has been down on slick for a couple of years. But seeing how much baseball has evolved in the past two years has been everything that I've ever wanted for this sport. So I'm happy to see that it's finally getting traction where it needs to be. No, for sure, and uh, I'm I'm excited. I know I know we're kind of in the dog days of baseball right now. You know, July, August, September is yeah. the dog days, but um, I'm excited for this 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 upcoming you know this playoffs. I think it's going to be really exciting. Hopefully, a Bay Area team can come out um, of whether it be the A's or the Giants can come out of it. Um, that'd be awesome to see. Yeah, it'd be awesome to see A's Giants World Series. I'm kind of hoping for it, but you know, probably not going to happen. But no, here's hopefully- the thing: I really want the Giants to go back to the World Series and I'm trying to see one World Series game in the City Connect jerseys, bro. I don't care what anyone says. Those jerseys are fucking fire. Are you talking about the cloud ones? Yes. Yeah. People right. be people yeah. be hating. I think they're clean as shit. Like I'm not even mad, bro. Like I I really do like those jerseys. I saw them in person. I almost bought one, right? Like I almost bought one. 
I, I'm very, I, I like the City Connect, the City Connect themes that they're doing. My favorite one so far has been the White Sox, the South Side ones. Those are, those go, just, dude. The South Side ones, those, those are clean. clean. Yeah, but um, yeah, man, this has kind of been our episode for the warm up. Uh, this is July twenty first. Um, we have, you know, uh, we're gonna be on spot again. You can catch on Spotify, catch us wherever. You guys know that. Um, but yeah, man, we'll uh, hopefully we'll be back next week and we'll be talking a little bit yes, more sir. about the sports world. Um, we're kind of in the dog days of sports right now. I mean, NBA is officially done. It's just going to be really baseball. The Olympics uh, start up next week, but, you know, it's kind of – Yeah. Thing, but, um, yeah, you guys will keep hearing from us. Um, make sure to catch us on all our social media platforms. And, yeah, any, any last things, uh, CJ? No, man, I ain't got nothing left. But uh, all right, go man. Red Sox. Oh. Yeah, man. We'll catch you all next week. Peace out. Sure.